Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. We're so glad you made it. If you're new, I'm Bert. I'm one of the pastors here. And today we're diving back into a series of messages called Summer Games. We're not talking about the Olympics. Uh, we're not talking, uh, the Olympics are a mess. Is there even, is, there's, have they started yet? I don't even know. I'm reading a lot of stuff in the news. I don't know if they're, have they started? Not yet. Okay, well, hopefully it'll all be cool. We're not talking about the Olympics. We're not talking about those summer games. We're talking about the summer games that we play, right? So I don't know if, if you had a, a, a childhood similar to mine. During, this, during the summer, like during the dog days of summer when it was really hot, if we weren't in someone's pool, you know, we, were, we, we had found a place to be in the shade or in someone's basement where it was cool. This, of course, understand, understand. This is because I grew up before the days when central air was a given. Anybody not have AC growing up? Yeah, a bunch of you guys just didn't have AC. Yeah, I mean, we had a window fan. That was our AC growing up. And I, I'm just trying to imagine the wailing and gnashing of teeth that would occur from my children if our houses didn't have AC. Anyway, okay, any, we didn't have AC, so we'd find someplace cool in the summer. If we weren't in somebody's pool, we'd, we'd play a board game. Last week, we, we talked about the crown king of all board games, the board game that has divided more families than any other board game in the history of board games. That would be, of course, Monopoly, right? Uh, we talked about Monopoly last week, and we talked about how even though it's a game, you know, uh, people, you know, in the game, it's monopoly money. It's fake money. It has no real value except in the game. But even in the game, there's no room for generosity in monopoly. And we kind of talked a little bit about how it's all monopoly money, about how this is, this is something we need to pay attention to, that, that generosity needs to be a part of our lives. Today, we come to my second favorite board game of all time. My second favorite, my first favorite board game is one I discovered relatively recently. It's called Settlers of Catan. Anybody, anybody, any, where am I Catan? Bobby's with me, okay. But Catan guys out there, uh, you know, that, that's, that's my favorite game, even as an adult, love to play that game. But, and some of you don't know what that is, that's sad. Uh, but my second favorite board game is Trivial Pursuit. Any Trivial Pursuit fans out there? Clap it up with me, Trivial Pursuit fans. Anybody? No? A couple of you? All right. So, I love Trivial Pursuit. I know, I know. Yeah, they did that to me in the first service too. Thanks, guys. Okay, so um, Trivial Pursuit is my, is my second favorite board game because my brain is weird. My brain doesn't work right, and here's, here's, here's how I know my brain doesn't work right. I can dial up a bit of trivia or a song lyric or a movie quote from like 30 years ago, but I can't remember a five-item grocery list. I got no idea how that works or why that works or why it would be that you could talk to me about a movie that I saw when I was a teenager and I can go line by line through the dialogue, but if I, if I make a five, if I can do four, I can do four. I can do four items if I work at it, but if I try to remember five things from the grocery store without writing it down, I will be in the frozen food aisle going, what was the fifth thing? I, and I don't know why, it's just kind of how my brain works. So, so the, only, the only time when a brain like that is advantageous is if you're playing a trivia game. So I love to play Trivial Pursuit because I can remember random stuff. Now, 
I'm assuming most of you at some point have at least played the game, but if you haven't, it's a circular board. You start in the middle. You make your way around the board collecting pie pieces. You start off with like an empty uh, pie shell. There's like six different compartments in the pie shell, and you want to put little pie pieces in your compartment on the way around. And once you collect all your pie pieces, you make your way right back to where you started. So you end up right where you started with nothing to show for all your useless information but a bunch of pie pieces. And if that's not an analogy for life, I don't know what it is. So as you make your way around the board, you collect, you collect these pie pieces because you know certain things about specific topics. Now, if you're playing Trivial Pursuit, uh, these, are, these are the categories that you need to be knowledgeable in. These are the things you need to be smart about. These are the things you need to know something about if you're going to win at Trivial Pursuit. These are your categories. Geography, entertainment, history, art and literature, science and nature, and sports and leisure. Now, I, uh, I realized leading up to the, my research for this sermon that I did not have a copy of Trivial Pursuit. I didn't own a, a set, a Trivial Pursuit game. So I actually bought one and started looking at some of the questions, and I was pleasantly surprised to find that they had updated the questions. They weren't just the same questions from back when I was a kid, so they, they keep updating them. And I have a couple of examples just to give you an idea of the kind of things you might need to know if you're going to win at Trivial Pursuit. Okay, so first question. Uh, we'll see how you guys do. Which country was the, this is geography, which country was the primary stand-in for Mars in the 2015 Matt Damon movie, The Martian? Which country was the primary stand-in for Mars in the movie, The Martian? Anybody? Wow, nobody. Jordan, the country of Jordan, you would have got that wrong. You're terrible at geography. Just, okay, there you go. Um, can't believe nobody, okay, so, number two. In which Kafka-esque cult comedy do the employees work for Inatech and file TPS reports? Office space. Thank you. Somebody over here finally saving my dignity. Okay, good. Office space. And finally, who was once called the most influential guitarist in the world by Rolling Stone magazine who strung right-handed guitars backwards so he could play them? Nice. Okay, so you guys, we got some Hendrix fans in the room. Clap it up. Nice work. Okay. Jimmy Hendrix. There you go. So, as you may have already put together, very few people are conversant in all six of those categories. Very few people are knowledgeable and also it's kind of a good time, a good idea sometimes to team up as you make your way around the board, trying to fill in the missing pieces. That, by the way, is exactly what we do in life. We make our way around the board in a circular pattern year over year. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. Winter, spring, summer, and fall, year over year. Trying to fill in the missing pieces. Trying to find the places in our life where we need to be whole. But as we go through the years of our life in that cyclical pattern, we're probably not focused too much on geography or arts and leisure. We've got other things we're concerned about. These are the categories that most people are focused on in their life as they move around the board of the years. Take a look. These are our categories. This is what we tend to focus on. Wealth and finance, health and self-esteem, career, God, 
true love, and other passions. These are the things, I mean, there are other things, but most of what we focus on fits into one of those six categories. And what typically happens in a person's life is we tend to focus on the quadrant that is producing the most keenly felt need. We focus on the area of our life that has the need which is most keenly felt. So if there's, maybe you've observed this in your life, if you're having a health crisis, if something's wrong in the health area of your life, a lot of times you can't focus on anything else. Like if you're in the middle of something or someone you love is in the middle of something and like you're, like you're waiting for test results and you don't know what, what, how it's going to go and there are treatments that they might be able to do but you're not sure and there's just like so many questions and you got this whole thing in your head of what ha if this happens, then this happens, and this happens, then this happens, but what if this happens and what if this happens and there's all these question marks and so much you don't know. When, when you're in the middle of that, you have a hard time focusing on any other area of your life. Can anybody relate to that? If you're having a financial crisis, if things are terrible at your career, whatever area of your life is producing the most keenly felt need, that is the area you are most likely to focus on and obsess over and perseverate on 24 hours a day. Yes? That's what you do, when, when, that's, and that's what I do, it's what we all do. When there's an area of keenly felt need, we focus on it, and we wait, we wait, and we kind of just, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. And now, now, now in, in Trivial Pursuit, when you get a pie piece, you keep it. Once you get a pie piece in the thing, you keep it. It stays there forever for the whole length of the game. You can't lose it. Not so in life, right? So what happens is you get one area, and, and what happens for a lot of people uh, is you get one area, and there's a crisis, and then finally, okay, you get some answers, and you, maybe, maybe you know, the text results come back negative, or maybe whatever it is, it's in remission. I mean, they got to check back in a year, but for right now, we can breathe. You know, wherever you are on that, in that grid, you, you kinda, that, that thing settles down. But as soon as, as soon as that thing settles down, another thing pops up. And so it's not a given that once you have a pie piece settled, it's going to stay settled. These pie pieces in our life take constant maintenance. We're always working on something. We're always thinking on something. And what happens is when you move from crisis to crisis, when it's one thing to another and one thing to another, you end up, you end up kind of playing whack-a-mole. Anybody remember whack-a-mole from the carnival? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The thing, these little guys pop up and you've got to beat them over. It's a violent game, but I like it. Okay, you've got to... You gotta, someday they're going to cancel whack-a-mole because of the... Never mind. Okay, so... It's another sermon. Um, you play whack-a-mole. You just go from crisis to crisis to crisis, and you move from one thing to another to another, and then the one thing that you thought was good stopped being good, and now that's back in crisis, and this thing is... And so you just... Has anybody had like a season of your life, months of your life, years of your life, dare I say, decades of time when you just go from one thing to another to another and it feels like you never get a break? Like it's just, it's just one crisis after another and you can never finally get to a point where you're like, we're all okay. When that happens, you check into the hotel, if only. You heard me talk about that before, right? The hotel, if only. Anybody ever stayed in the hotel? If it's the worst hotel ever. 
You don't live there, hopefully, but you check in there from time to time, and you just start going, oh, if only, if only this thing would go away. If only I would get, could get that promotion. If only I could earn this much money. If only she would love me back or he would love me back. If only my boss could get hit by a Buick. If only, whatever, just fill in the blank. And you just go, if only, if only, if only, and you just keep focusing on what could be if the if only happened. And what you tell yourself when you're staying in the hotel if only is, I'm not going to be okay unless. I'm not going to be okay unless. And fill in the blank for unless. Whatever unless is, you gave unless a lot of power over your life in that moment. You gave unless. You, you put your ability to be okay and be in balance and be healthy into the hands of unless. Whatever that situation is, you've kind of convinced yourself you're not going to be okay until. And that is a really, really tough place to be and not a good place to stay. So if all these things are, are kind of natural, and they are, like if you look at, you look at those six, the six quadrants, right, the, the health and, and, and well-being, or whatever it was, and, 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 and wealth and finance, and our love life, and God, and other passions. These are all things that are normal for a person to want to be in place. It's not a bad thing for us to want all those pie pieces to be present and accounted for and healthy in our lives. Thank you. Other passions, yeah, yeah, leave it up for a second. It's not a bad, look at that. It's not a bad thing for us to want all of that in our life. So that being the case, you might wonder, well then why shouldn't I just play whack-a-mole for the rest of my life? Why shouldn't I just go from crisis to crisis and find a way and get to a place where, where finally I have it all? I mean, isn't that the work that we're all doing? Isn't that how everybody lives their life? Aren't we all just making our way around the board year over year over year, dealing with crisis to crisis and f hopefully finding a minute or two of peace along the way? Isn't that kind of what life is about? Well, team, here's the deal. That's what life is about for a lot of people, but your life was actually meant for something far greater. Your life was meant for more than just trips around the sun dealing with crises. So here are the two big reasons why you shouldn't just play whack-a-mole and go one thing for another to another. First of all, the first big reason is you could succeed at that and still end up miserable and empty. You can find your way around the board and go one thing to another and one thing to another and one thing to another and find, you might actually get there. Can you fathom it? Imagine. Those are sometimes the most discouraging and disillusioning moments in a person's life. There might be a window of time. I know some of you, like, you've never experienced this, but there might actually come a window of time when all the pie pieces are in. There might come a window of time when you're like, you're, you're gainfully employed, and things are okay financially, and like you're not in a health crisis, and career's going good, and your, your God stuff is kind of locked in, and your love life is good, and you have hobbies, and things are, like you might come to a point where it's all, I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you are like, yeah, whatever, never. But, but you might actually get there, and here's the deal. If you do get there, and you have even a half a second to think like philosophical thoughts or meta-level thoughts, there's going to be something inside of you going, is this it? Is this all there is? 
It's why you see so many celebrities and professional athletes self-destruct eventually, because somehow they've been climbing the ladder and they've been working so hard to put all these pie pieces together and they, they finally get there and it's like, man, they're wealthy and they're famous and they're adored and they married somebody beautiful and th their health is in good shape and like everything's in place and they go to church and like everything's good, but they're empty. Big reason number one, why you don't want to spend your life playing whack-a-mole and moving from crisis to crisis is because you could come to the end of that game and find that your life was spent entirely in a trivial pursuit. Chasing something far inferior. You were meant to play a part in a vast, amazing story. You were meant to honor God and love others and serve the world with your life. And when you do, your life becomes an incredible adventure. Short of that, you're circling the board, going from crisis to crisis, hoping to find a moment of stasis that eventually is just going to leave you empty anyway. Big reason number two why we don't want to chase that model is because God does not fit in the compartment you've got him in. The Lord doesn't fit in that compartment. Now, for some of you, I, I almost feel bad about this. This is like, like a sorry, not sorry moment. Because for some of you, I'm about to blow up your spot. For some of you, the God compartment is the area of your life you feel like you've been neglecting. And you came to church today because you just said, i got to start paying some attention to that area of my life. And I love that you're here. I have, I've had a conversation like, I've had this conversation, I don't know, I'm not going to say hundreds of times, but dozens of times. I'll run into somebody in the grocery store or in Walmart or, you know, because I'm a Walmart shopper, you know. I'll run into somebody at Walmart or the grocery store or wherever. Someone who used to come to True North but maybe stopped coming or somebody that hasn't been to True North in a while. And they always assume two things. They always assume that I know that they're not coming. <laughs> and I don't. I'm not tracking everybody's attendance. My bandwidth isn't that crazy. Like, I don't know. Uh, and then they assume that I want to know the reason why they're not coming. And they want to just, they feel like, no, they just feel compelled. Like, they've got to explain it to me. Like, I'm really sorry. And, and, I, and what I've heard is, and I'm telling you, I've heard this dozens of times. Like, oh, it's really like when I don't go, I miss it. And like, there's this like missing piece in my life. And I really got to get back because, you know, that's the piece that kind of holds all the other pieces together. And I, I got to, and they say stuff like that. And because I'm not trying to get into a theological discussion in Walmart, I just go, that would be great. It's good to see you. Hope to see you back soon. Give them a hug and just have, you know, and, and, and off you go. But the truth is, and I know, I know, I know, I know. You're here and you're like, some of you are here like, dude, it's a big deal that I came to church today. Hello? I don't normally go to church, and I showed up in church, and I feel great about the fact that I'm in church. I'm finally paying some attention to the God quadrant, and when I drove down my block today, all my neighbor's cars were still in their driveway. I made it to church. Oh, I get it, I get it, I get it, and I'm so glad you're paying attention to that quadrant, but if I could just drop something into the model, drop something into the way you think, the omnipotent creator of man's first breath, the God, Jehovah God, who keeps every atom of matter spinning in the universe, doesn't fit 
in a section of us. Jesus Christ, God's Son, did not come to earth and live a sinless life and die on the cross in payment for our sins and rise from the dead so that he could be a component. He needs to be Lord. So the way out of that is you take God out of the compartment you've got him in. And you say, I want you to be Lord over all these other compartments. I don't, just want to, I don't just want to give you priority. I want you to be Lord over all of it. I'm going to start seeking something else with my life. Up until now, I've just been playing whack-a-mole. I've just been seeking wealth and prosperity. I've been seeking a better career. I've been seeking my love life. I've been seeking other pursuits. Whatever it is you're after, whatever it is you've been focusing on, this is the moment. This might be a great moment for you to make a couple of changes in your life and say, I don't want to focus on those things anymore. I just want to focus on him. Say to the Lord, I just want to focus on you. I'm giving you these other areas. I've been so worried about this. Here, you take it. I've been so worried about this. Just would you please take this? I'm giving this to you. I'm laying it down in front of you. I'm going to be focused on your kingdom. I'm going to trust you to worry about mine. Because that's the deal. You focus, you, you, you make your way around the puzzle piece board, you make your way around the board. That's you building your kingdom. And your kingdom is a nice place. Your kingdom's great. There's nothing wrong with your kingdom. It's just really, really small. And so is mine. And our kingdoms were not meant to be the be-all, end-all of our existence. His kingdom was meant to be the be-all, end-all of our existence. That's what we're called to focus on. That's what we're called to, to make our lives about. This is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be yours as well. All that other stuff you're worried about, all that other stuff that you're so like so focused on and so that's tearing you up, leave it with him. Cast it to him. Leave it at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I'm giving this to you. It, the worry is chewing me up. I can't stress about it anymore. I'm just going to give it to you. I want you to be Lord of all of it. You know, it might be a cool thing. Do a little spiritual inventory. Do a little, do a little quick, like, like health check, you know? Check your pulse, check, check your vitals. Do a little Psalm, Psalm 139, right? Test me, O oh Lord, try me, search my heart. If there's anything in me that offends you, pull me unto you. Point it out. Maybe there's a part of your life. I had a, a, an experience like this a couple months ago. I just realized there was an area of my life in which I wasn't honoring God. And you know what I did? I repented and said, I need to make some changes. I don't want to live with sections of my life that I've cordoned off. Now, for many of us, that, 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 that area that we're not yielding to God is our financial area. For a lot of people, that's what it is. Whatever it might be for you, do some business with God. Come to the Lord and turn, turn away from those things. Let him be Lord of all of it. A quick heads up on something for me, yeah? Pretty soon, I'm going to be taking some time off. 
Usually in the summer I do that. This summer I'm going to be taking some time off, not just for vacation, but to work on some stuff that's going on inside of me. And I'm so excited to do that because I think that God is about to do some incredible things at our church, and I'm so psyched for what's coming. But what happens right about now, okay, I'm going to call a couple of you out on something. And I do this in love, so please receive it in love, okay? (laughs) You're all like, "Uh uh-oh. Right about now, usually, a couple of you savvy True North attenders like to come up to me after church and put your arm around me. You go, so Bert, uh, exactly how many weeks are you going to be gone for? (laughs) When precisely are you coming back? What are the dates when you're going to... And so, here's the deal. I'm still here next Sunday. I'm preaching next Sunday. After that, I'm not telling. And here's the deal. Don't receive this in love, okay? Don't insult the Lord by saying, I'm only going to come to church to worship you if Bert's there. Don't insult the Lord that way. We're here for him. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Don't make this about me. I'm your favorite preacher. That's fine. You have good taste. Good for you. That's okay. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. But we have an amazing team of people that, that preach when I'm not here. And regardless of who's bringing the word, it's the word we're here for. We're here to worship his holy name. And whoever's preaching... You could come here each week just to be led in the stuff our worship team has been serving up lately. Like, you could just come here each week to be led in worship and led into his presence. And that this is a worship service. We're here to worship his holy name. So if that's going on in you and you're like, well, I only want to go. Like, that's, that is something you, that is an area of your life respectfully and with love and with humility. You might want to talk to the Lord about that and check your heart. Because one area at a time, we, we, we all have, probably have one area. This, this is maybe where we're, we're going to continue to play whack-a-mole. We have to continually monitor the areas of our life to make sure that he's Lord of all of it. But team, when you do, when you do, the fullness, the joy. This is going to be the verse I'm focusing on in this next season of my life. This is Psalm 37. I'll leave you with this today. Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Delight yourself in him. Focus on him. Make it your deep, deep love and passion to honor him with every single area of your life. You will never regret the day you yielded to him and took him out of that little compartment we keep him in and let him be Lord of all of it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for being worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. We thank you for loving us so much that you made a way for our sins to be forgiven. Father, in response to that, we have a terrible way of just trying to keep you in a compartment. We have a way of just trying to make you an area of our lives. And so we're praying for conviction this morning that we'll know the areas of our life that we need to yield to you and we're praying for guts that we would yield those areas and trust all these things into your hands believing 
that if we seek first your kingdom and righteousness, that all these other things will be yours as well, believing that if we delight ourselves in you, that you'll give us the desires of our heart, because ultimately our greatest heart's desire will be to see you lifted up. May it be so in my life, may it be so in all of our lives. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give. Or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word truenorth to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.